Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm here today with Mel Kay. You might know her from the Mel Kay Show. We have kind of a similar kind of a a pathway, although she was way smarter than me and saw the light much sooner. Uh, But we both fled Hollywood and became truth seekers. So, yeah. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm great. You know, it's so fun to be on with somebody. When we first met, we met in person and then we were on Union and I was like, oh my God, I know you. So it's just really fun to finally do this. We've been, we both been on the go and I, I'm so glad I had some time. And yeah, we have, we've come, both come from, uh, different swamps than the, than the swamp they're used to, but got out alive and are here to tell the, the story of, you know, it's all pretty much connected. And once you're awake, you can't go back to sleep. You got to keep fighting. So true. So true. So for my audience who may not be as familiar with your story, can you give us a little bit of a backstory of, Coming from Hollywood, what made you leave? How did you wake up? And why did you decide to get into the investigative journalistic work you do now? Well, uh, actually, I started out at uh, NYU in journalism. And uh, I got a degree in journalism. Then I worked uh, a bunch of places. I worked at MTV News uh, back in the day. And then uh, I jumped around. I worked at Good Morning America. Uh, I worked a little bit at CNN and then, uh, I went back for film and I became a screenwriter also there. And then, um, what I specialized in was kind of a little weird at the time, but I really always loved history. I was raised in like, uh, you know, my parents are super, uh, into education, history. Like, well, all my friends were going to travel to like beaches or go on cruises. You know, my parents always wanted to go to like, uh, Gettysburg to like it's <laughs> to or or go visit like monuments that were parents and my dad would have gone along very well yeah yeah that they're taking down now and my dad uh, restored as his hobby he restored Corvettes and he had to go get the like real parts so we drive all across the country to go to these so it was like I was always just very uh, much uh, around um, education history my dad's a real patriot and um, always has been my mom was a teacher. So I decided to uh, learn how to turn uh, history into movies. I was called a historical screenwriter uh, and uh, or dramatic writer, whatever you want to call it. And um, I started to uh, my first I I did a lot of work while I was still in NYU. And then um, my first screenplay that I I became obsessed with this writer, Hannah Arendt. It was really weird. I got this book when I was like probably my first year NYU and we, I was in a great books class when you still had conversations. And now I would be, have been kicked out within three months, probably, for, for saying something wrong. But then I still had good teachers. And uh, this one journalism professor, Hannah Arendt, was uh, a journalist. But really, she wasn't a journalist. She was a, a, She survived the Holocaust. She escaped twice. 
Uh, she was a uh, professor, a philosopher in Germany, um, then went to France, then had a lot to do with uh, getting people out, getting people to America, and she finally came to America as a professor. But she got hired by the New Yorker magazine to cover the only Nazi trial in Jerusalem by the victims. Uh, it was her book ended up being called, she wrote it for the New Yorker, uh, Eichmann in Jerusalem, The Banality of Evil. And I became very obsessed with this woman. I read like all her books. She like a, a giant book about uh, totalitarianism. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I read it with a highlighter when I was like probably 20. And my friend, I remember my boyfriend at the time was like, what's wrong with you? I, was, I said, this is fascinating to me. So anyway, I ended up turning um, Eichmann in Jerusalem into a screenplay. And uh, that screenplay led me uh, to a lot of different uh, exciting paths. And uh, finally, I ended up from a film I also made in school, uh, going to a few festivals. I ended up in uh, Los Angeles and I never left until uh, 17 years later. So, uh, but I, I got stuck in that in a pretty cool niche place where I was I would get hired to go back into history and find you know, really interesting periods. I did a, a great screenplay I was proud of about um, the uh, expatriates that moved to France when it was like uh, Hemingway, Fitzgerald, uh, Cole Porter, all these people lived in the south of France uh, during the First World War. Uh, and after that, and just, it just I went in, I did, wrote some screenplays about what was going on in Vietnam. So what I learned through all of that was uh, that our history was very much fraudulent. And that you couldn't really, um, that we were being, because once you dug in, what what this kind of uh, writing that I did took six months, a year, two years sometimes, and you really have to like dig in what is going on at that time, like what's in the papers, what how do people dress, what do people, how do people sound, what do they talk about, what's going on with uh, the culture, society, education, it's you really dig in and sometimes and then as i was doing that i just realized over time that we were greatly misled by the powers that be the education system uh our government and um i started talking about that probably uh a little early for hollywood and then i, I ended up working on a tv show so I kind of put that aside and then another one and then uh come 2014 i just decided to uh start the show and really dive into hidden history and the powers that be and the puppet masters because what i found along the way no matter what project i worked on when i dug into where the money was coming from and who was controlling the money be it during wars or or peace or whatever was going on it always came back to the same names and the same families and then mm -hmm. uh fast forward to um since i started my show three and a half years ago and it's still the same still the same people Amazing, right? It, it, it's always the same people. I, I've been uh, diving into It's been really kind of like an ongoing thing. But right now I'm about to start a new show where we specifically dive into the genesis of social science, uh, oh, the wow. field of psychology. Yeah, exactly. So, and it's all the same people who funded yeah, and started it. It's like, is there anything new? Or do these people do everything? It's everything. And it's all, and the web, it's like, it's always the same, the same dynamic. The same tentacles everywhere. So exactly, yeah, and it's but, shocking. It's it, it is. It's like a. Is there's no, nothing new? Nothing new? No. Just the same it's playbook. The technology catches up to yes. where they wanted to. You know. 
That 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 is true. Yeah, it's funny when you say you you were there. Uh, you moved to LA, and then seventeen years later, you were still there. I I feel like that's that's like everybody's story. Every, it, yeah. Anybody who knows LA, like you're you're there for. Oh, I'm just gonna visit for the day or the weekend, or I'm taking a vacation. Wait, it's twenty years later. I'm still here. Right, <laughs> Hotel California. Yeah, you're not, you're not alive. You're lucky. It's totally. <laughs> yeah, I left. Uh, I guess almost two and a half years ago now. I left Santa Monica. So yeah, I've been hung in a long time, Santa Monica, because it got rough down there. I, I used to love it. You know, my sister lived near you. All kind of. She lived in uh, Montana and Idaho, but mm-hmm. uh, also she worked in that UCLA area, and you know, it was really sad to watch it become so. Because um, the juxtaposition between the incredible wealth and then the homelessness and what was going on there and the destruction of Santa Monica especially but also that area near the BA and then Venice and then it was I lived in West Hollywood most of my time there so you know now there and you stayed in a lot longer because when I left it was pretty bad but uh it got worse and it's just you know there's no reason for it really no it's uh, it's totally I, I can't say 100%, but a lot of it really is by design. And it is so sad because it's so beautiful. I mean, I literally yeah. lived overlooking the ocean. Oh, and and it was filthy. Best. It was awful. You, it's one of the most beautiful places on Earth. And they literally destroyed it. Like, they turned it into a garbage dump. It's, I know. it's tragic. So. And it doesn't have to be that way. California was saying, you know, I, I still feel this way. I'm out longer than you. But I still look back. And first of all, I had a, I worked. I was very lucky. I had a, a mentor who was very you know, pretty high up in the industry, a lot older than me, like I was lucky to find him. But he told me, do not, he didn't want, he begged me not to move to LA. He told me I was too insecure. It was going to destroy me. That, And of course, I, I'm like young and thinking, what are you talking about? If one in a million are going to make it, obviously it's going to be me. Little do I know, <laughs> 17 years later. But um, <laughs> I'll tell you now, he told me, do not go there uh, without a job. So I, I got really lucky that I I always, um, thank God, I felt like really, if I didn't have a job when I was there, that I I could have fallen into something else. So uh, my experience there was in terms of, I saw, I loved it. I saw, I saw so much beauty. I worked a lot. I worked sometimes hundreds of hours a week. So for me, uh, my experience, I look back and it's beautiful. I just, I couldn't deal with the politics. I couldn't deal with because I'd be also being a screenwriter, the the BLM, uh, you know, LGBTQ, all of that stuff really started in Hollywood, as you know, 10 years before the rest of the country caught on. And it was like, you know, how many how many pitches can you go to until they're like, yeah, well, can you do this? And I'll be like, that's I don't know what you're talking about. That's not this. That's nothing to do with what I wrote. So right. it just became a nightmare. But it is beautiful. And I do miss it still. Yeah, no, I, I definitely have that. I, I've been back since, and I, I can't say I really miss it, but I miss what it was, and I miss right. I miss what I went to see, you know, not necessarily what it became, but yeah. yeah. So when you started your show, what did you start with, and what did you find that, did did your experiences in Hollywood shape a lot of what you see now? Because And the reason I ask this is because I think people's journeys is so helpful, especially for people who are newly red-billed. I hate to use that yeah. term, so cliche. Yeah. But, but, you know, like people who are just starting their... It's it's really... you when I, The joke I always make is that, you know, I, it took me a really long time to find the train stop, but when I did, I got on the high-speed rail and I'm trying to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. I get it. 
So I'm like, when knowing what I know now, I look back at what I didn't know and I'm almost like embarrassed. Like, how did I miss all this? You know, but I think it's helpful for other people, you know, because I can have some grace for them and also show them. And so, but I recognize that for me personally, there were so many data points that had been shown to me, but I couldn't see how they all connected at the time. So I'm curious if your experience kind of helped you to when you start d- diving in doing the research that you do now, because yeah. you do such deep research now. Yeah, but when I, because uh, I, when I started out in, uh, when I was still in college, I'm pretty young, I became aware of, like, Jeffrey Epstein was somebody I, I knew of from a very young age. I was in, I worked at House of Style at MTV, my first job. I was very involved in that world. I had a lot of friends that were uh, from, my NYU days that were pursuing modeling and that world. And um, very young, I interacted with some of these people. And I knew about the model apartments in Manhattan where like four to six girls live there. None of them, I'm working for the biggest supermodel in the world. I know none of these girls are here to to pursue worldwide fame at that time, especially in the 90s for as supermodels and then I would see them. I knew that they didn't speak English. I didn't put it together very young, but, and then as time went on, I, uh, I kind of just had a, I had a bad feeling about every time I was around that certain group of people and those that it's not just men, you know, women, but this, this group of people, this ilk of people, this elitist, uh, society types that in, in New York city, but he was somebody I, I was around once in a while, very creepy. And then um, I, my parents lived in Palm Beach. So, um, you know, I, I'd worked at Mar-a-Lago. I'd worked at all the best uh, Palm Beach restaurants and stuff between uh, every time I'd go home from college or when I'd, when I'd have my failure period in Hollywood and then have to come up with some kind of spec screenplay or wait for something to come up or somebody to <laughs> reel me back in. So I'd go home and regroup and I'd always have, have to obviously get a job to afford to go back. So I ended up always interacting. So when and Jeffrey Epstein was arrested the first time, um, I was I knew uh, not just uh, a lot of the things surrounding it, but I knew a couple of the girls involved as well from being a waitress, you know, and 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 in in Palm Beach. So, um, really, what happened is that uh, later in life, after the Jeffrey Epstein first arrest, and really knowing a lot about it and being so horrified that he got off, I mean. Both of them, Maxwell too. I mean, stories that everyone knows are nothing compared to what really went on, in my opinion. And uh, he got off with such a slap on the wrist. It was very clear that there was some kind of sick, twisted deal in the background. I knew because of who who was my mentor, who kind of they were, they ran in the same world. And and I knew that that this was wrong. You know, he, uh, we're talking about, children not 18 year old girls that look like victoria's secret models and don't forget his main benefactor created victoria's secret and abercrombie finch and sexualized this whole nation and normalized all of that so you know that's the same time but um i just felt so bad for all these girls most of them didn't even um most of the and the people don't realize that the girls that uh, he preyed upon uh, always but the ones at that first case were from a high school about 15 minutes from palm beach island where the a lot of these girls were poor and had no money there was lots of trailer parks over there i mean he, they were predators 
And these were very young girls. Anyway, he ended up getting, uh, what well, I think he got charged with a prostitution with an a, a underage girl. Like, it can't be both. You can't have a prostitute that's underage. It's called pedophilia or child rape or whatever you want to call it. You know, he got three, three years in jail. That'll happen. And then I had uh, been very involved with certain people also in L.A. that were in kind of connected in that world. And and as I started, um, like my last 12 years there, I, w- I went to like the Golden Globes and then uh, all the stupid stuff, you know, is, is ridiculous and phony. But and, and I started to really see that that this was not just New York and it was not just Palm Beach. It was very alive and well in, in Hollywood. And uh, the higher up that I... I I ascended somehow, even though, you know, the higher up you go, you're like, oh my God. But um, I started to really be very hyper aware of the of the pedophilia side, the child trafficking, the abuse of children, the um, using, uh, abusing, mentally destroying very young girls and very young boys. And uh, somewhere in the mid 2000s in, in Hollywood, it became, I, th- I think, very normalized among this this powerful elite uh, in Hollywood as well, and that was also when, like, I called the Death Star, the one agency that I think is very involved in a lot of the stuff that we're dealing with and the destruction of our country and our culture. Um, really, it was out there, and uh, I started to see things that I, I wish I hadn't. So, um, and I was working at a show with somebody who I believe was very involved in in that all that stuff, and I started to not be able to not see it. And uh, I basically, I remember I was I was at a party in the hills, and I at a director's, you know, you're seeing like these kids, and the kid, the parents aren't around, and their managers, you know, are there, and, and you just, I, it was at a point where I just said, I can't, I can't be here anymore. I can't. I feel like no matter how good it was, I literally packed up and I took off and I started talking about it, and that was really how I started on other people's shows, and just kind of saying like, this is not normal. This is not okay, and it's coming from the top. And it was, it was, um, and so uh, I did a couple other people's shows. I, you know, Sam Tripoli. I was lucky enough to do his show early on. I did shows with a, a woman that's no longer with us, Kirsten uh, W, and some other people. And I really just, um, I really just wanted people to know about the, the girls. I know so many people who didn't make it out of LA, you know, alive, or if they did, shadows, shells of themselves, or went through the, you know, not end, endless rehab. And the truth was that there's, there, it's a predator-prey class out there and on a certain level. And and I think that they really pick people, especially to elevate into stardom, that are damaged. And uh, and I really, I just wanted people to know, I don't know if you remember, it's I'm, I'm older than you, but there was a time when Mike Ovitz, who started CAA, came out and he said that the gay mafia took over Hollywood. And I mean, this is in the 90s, before I was there. And uh, he got eviscerated. They destroyed his life, stole his agency, the whole thing. I, you know, I don't know where he is now, but he, I, he was right. And and the truth was that it became more and more obvious. And you, uh, by the time I left, it was very difficult for a writer, director, um, especially if they were white and straight. And and it's true. I mean, I people don't like to hear it, but it's true to get work. And even I'm talking about people that are Emmys and Oscars and. And it became like if you didn't check certain boxes, you weren't being elevated anymore. And it became it was very, very obvious. And I don't know why it happened. And I now I do. I feel like that there was a 
I personally believe that there is a, a class of people that believe that they are, I call them the fourth Reich, and it's global, and there there's a agenda, and Hollywood is a very big part of that agenda, and media, and, and uh, news, and it's all basically, like I always say on my show, you follow the money, you're going to find it's going to lead to the same people, and it hasn't changed in a very long time, and um, and then they groom the next generation. So for me, really, I started talking about child trafficking, human trafficking, um, sex trafficking, and and the normalization of pedophilia that I saw firsthand uh, coming out of Hollywood that has now permeated everywhere in the last, since I did, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Wow. So when you say that, you know, you believe it's the Fourth Reich, I, I would agree with you. I think yeah. that's uh, aptly put. Um, and you think it's the same people who are kind of behind all of this and they have uh, a uh, consistent agenda. What would you say? Uh, how would you, I mean, this would could take several hours. So if you were to <laughs> sum it up, you know, <laughs> what, what would be some of the highlights? In terms well, of the, you know, the gold and who's behind it, yeah. Well, for me, I mean, the first thing is, you know, now to this day, I mean, one of my best friends is, uh, is two of them, but one of them is one of the whistleblowers from MK Ultra, mm-hmm. and uh, and her name is I'm, you probably heard of her, Kathy O'Brien. We're very yeah, a good friend. Yeah, she's been on the show. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay, she's a friend of mine, and uh, a couple other people, and. You know, we've really dug into a lot of this through the years, uh, people that I know well and I, I can I have access to. And honestly, I believe that this is goes deeper than than we'd like to like to imagine. Yeah. And my belief now, honestly, is that there's a that our I believe that our government has been totally captured, that we have a uniparty in Washington, DC, and that uniparty and you know all the people funding it the same 10 billionaires we have an oligarchy i believe that runs that uniparty that oligarchy has their ngos and their foundations and and we all know their names you know it's you know gates and open society and arabella partners and on the other side there's coke and there's you know the, all these people but they are billionaires and and the truth is a lot of them if you dig into it are actually well well beyond billionaires because they hide their money that's another aspect of uh, epstein people don't know epstein was x was a pro at hiding people's money too which will come out i think eventually but but a lot of these people they it looks like they're billionaires but if you really dig in find their foundations and their shell companies and their and their non-for-profit 501c4s that are opaque and and all and their all their properties and this and that it's really really quite disgusting how 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 far it goes when we have so much poverty and so many problems and they take all our taxpayer dollars and launder them back to themselves so you know it's really it's really a cycle here but my opinion is that there is a uh i'm sure you've talked about it on the show but you can talk about go back to the Rhodes Scholars or to the Committee of 300, the Bilderberg, the secret societies that JFK was warning us about because he happened to have come from a family that he knew inside that that was real. And uh, I believe that the secret societies and then where we are now, we have, um, we have the multinational corporations, the stakeholders, according to the World Economic Forum, right. of the planet somehow self-deemed, self you know, 
Uh, but they all seem to have come through the Poison Ivy League or uh, Oxford and Cambridge. I like you know? that, the Poison Ivy League, yeah. They all have their, they all have their, you know, because now they're not letting it. They're only, li- they're only letting those people in and then they're letting in all the diversity, equity, inclusion people. So I don't know how long the Poison Ivy League is going to make it. But uh, it used to be that they, that was a breeding ground for yeah. these types of people. And then they'd be Rhodes Scholars or they'd go work at a think tank or something else. You know, of course, the Council of Foreign Relations and the uh, English Council of Foreign Relations Chantham House. We got the Bilderbergs out there. We got Skull and Bones folks. We got all these people. And they all happen to know each other, which is weird. And, <laughs> and but, but they tell and us so, that they're, uh, you know, oppositional. They're they're competing against one another, but they seem to be behind the scenes best friends. Yeah. Okay. They always seem to end up in the same place at the same time. It's some retreat that only billionaires can go to. But um, so I believe that the, that the real head is is the international banking cartel, I call them. Uh, in, in other words, that like you were talking about the tentacles. So, you know, Charlie Robinson in his book, uh, The uh, Octopus of Global Control. That's how very much how I see it. And now we have all these globalist groups that uh, pretend to be and, and the whole flaw, the whole fallacy of globalists, global citizens, you know. This all goes back to Rockefeller and Kissinger and and Brzezinski and this is a hundred year old plan. But then you go back beyond that and you got to find the same people, the Rothschilds, the the uh, Morgans, the Rockefellers. You know, Gates's dad is somehow over there. Bush's dad is somehow over there. The Operation Paperclip crew, always the Windsors and the royal family of of uh, England. England, and it's just it's like a never ending hole. And you just yeah, think. Oh, Wow, they re- and so where I think we are now, honestly, though, is that our country has been fully captured by these people. Um, they have a billionaire trillionaire uh, club of uh, elitists that are aligned with the globalists, the Davos crew, and the you know they're all in bed. If you the crazy part is people are oh New World Order that's conspiracy theory. They call it global governance now, folks. It's called global governance, and you just go to. Any of the tentacles, UN, World Health Organization, World Economic Forum, IMF, World Bank, BIS, which is the top of the top, the, I believe the Rothschild original bank. And uh, international sediments for the. Right, right. Yeah, you yeah. go to any of these websites and you go look up global governance, and it's like, well, it can't be conspiracy theory if they're telling you, you know? And then uh, they they really want the end of nation states. They want their, they want their 10, it's like Hunger Games. They want their 10 vectors and then just them running it the good news is that they dumbed down all of our kids while they dumbed down their own Mm -hmm. so i feel like they don't have people to fill it in but um because they usually you know they groom them and they they get the fellowships and all this stuff and then that's the whole road scholarship right yeah exactly well that's i think that's kind of where that where the the plotting and planning really started and then rockefeller just took it to the next level but um yeah you know, and where we are is is really these people at their last stand. They need their great reset. They need their central bank digital currency. I believe two things with that central bank digital currency was just which yeah. is the end of freedom as far as I'm concerned because it includes the um, track and trace surveillance of our climate trace, Al Gore and World Economic Forum, ESG score, BlackRock, uh, Larry Fink and World Economic Forum, and uh, which... I do want people to know that are watching this. The World Economic Forum and the UN merged a very long time ago. So anyone that's telling you that that the World Economic Forum is just some group of benevolent people out there that, you know, want the best for the planet, wrong. 
Okay, it's just they want to run the planet. They say it. They say it on stage, and then the whole room claps, and Klaus Schwab says, we, the 3,000 people in here, will decide what's going to happen for the rest of the 8 billion people, whether they like it or not. And, and that's really what how they're functioning. The good news is people like you and shows like our friends' shows and people like that, my show, way better shows than my show, have shown a light. And there are literally, I think, hundreds of millions of people that are looking at these people for the first time thinking, who chose you? You have no authority. We didn't agree to this. Where is our government? Because the whole point of what they've done and what they've planned and plotted, and and I'm now at a place where I think all these wars, and it's provable, um, the banking cartel and, and the the people I'm talking about, I believe have fomented and paid for both sides of every war, the way I look at it, because what every war and every revolution, but yeah. And who wins every war? The bankers that rebuild. That's who wins every war. And no, it's better. You have to destroy it first. That is exactly the truth. And you know what? I'm so glad you say that because a lot of people don't get build back better means destroy everything that is and make it in the image that they want. Yep. Well, they couldn't do it uh, organically through all these years that Rockefeller ran our country, basically, and the World Economic Forum selected our leaders and, and all these NGOs and think tanks and, you know, on both sides, you know, manipulated all of us to the illusion of choice. But we now have to be honest. I keep saying we need to have a 12-step pro recovery program for the citizens of the United States. We do. And we need to admit, A, there's a problem. B, we are the problem. That uh -huh. We need to admit that we have a problem and that we need God and each other to solve this problem and then really start listing the grievances. <laughs> Not the grievances, that's a different that's a different thing, but listing <laughs> the, uh, I guess it's called a trespass. Well, the First Amendment does say redress of grievances, so I think oh, that, sure. that's valid, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we have to go through and really look at America with like, how much of this did we, the people, A, know about, B, vote for, and C, even... Would we have ever supported if we weren't manipulated, propagandized, you know, and then and now we're at a place where people have to realize that we allowed this to happen and we're going to have to fix it. But again, I always say we're talking about 3000 people globally, I believe, that actually have uh, this kind of power and about I'd say, there's eight billion the rest of us. But I'd say probably a couple billion that are awake and uh, and are fighting back in their own way, whether they know that they're they're not alone or not so um but to me right now i think we have a very serious situation in america and the world and it's up to america and we the people to understand it get together and save it there are there are factions all the way on both sides that i believe are not salvageable but i think the 30 percent on the left of center and the 30 percent on the right of center at the end of the day pretty much can agree on what they want america to look like mm -hmm. act like sound like what they want for our children, what they want for our future. And a lot of us have had it with the endless wars and are on to the fact that Eisenhower warned us that once the bankers got in bed with the military industrial complex, and uh, that is now global, that, uh, you know, we were all, we're pretty much doomed. So <laughs> here we are. But I, I mean, I feel positive about it, but that's really my take on where we are right now is we are at a the precipice of who are we as people and uh, do we unite as humanity or do we allow this AI? Because uh, I think they've dumbed down their own children and their own heirs and, and their own people 
as while they were dumbing down our kids and stuff and, and mixing up history and making everything about the like, diversity, equity, inclusion, or Marxism or whatever, that they believe that they're going to replace us with AI and that they're going to replace their their minions with AI. Well, AI will also turn on them. So, you know, I, I have high hopes that their their days are numbered and that uh, God and the people and, and those that I, uh, I feel are... Uh, the good people of the planet, which far outweigh them, will win. But uh, we're, I think we're in a serious battle right now. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the deal. It goes down. down in the deal. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, no, I super hope so. What are your thoughts on, uh, you know, what what will happen next? Like, do you think that they're? I mean, it looks like they're stoking tensions for war. Do you think that? Do you think they'll be successful? I guess is ultimately the question. I mean, there are many facets of that question, but that that yeah. I mean, I don't think that they'll be successful. I think they've been yeah, said very, overall, but yeah. right. I think they've been very successful so far at the infiltration, the invasion of all of our nations, everything. I get. I can tell you that JFK speech, if people don't know it, that he gave to the press, yeah. I believe it was in 61, uh, where he talks about the monolith that wants to enslave all of humanity and an infiltration instead of invasion. And, uh, you know, guerrillas by night instead of armies by day, the fifth generation warfare that General Flynn talks about a lot. That's where we are. And I believe that we are way into this this war for humanity, good versus evil, right versus wrong. Um I believe that God, whether you believe in God or not, uh, is not my issue, but I do. But well, I believe in good. I believe in faith. I believe in man. I believe in humanity. And I believe that these people think that they're playing God. They think that they're cheating all of us out. Listen, the amount of that central bank digital currency, most people are talking about the most dangerous part, which is the end of privacy, track and trace surveillance, digital slavery, all of the things that they want. Internet of things. They already have all the satellites set up. Internet of yeah. body. Right. But at the same time, you know, the worst part about about that for me is uh, is that I believe that that is also a um, that is to cover up all of their crimes. 
Because I really think that all that the we the people, the United States, the one place we can meet is I think all of us should demand to know where all the money's gone since 2000 that we've given to the government for war. Because I'll tell you what, I was looking recently, and I I think all I you know about the rage against the war machine, and that 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 could be done on a much bigger scale. I believe I think there was a lot of infiltration, unfortunately, but it's a great concept. It's yeah. funny if you go and you look back at Vietnam War and. It, there were like hundreds of thousands of people out there against the war. We should be like that right now. Yeah. And not either side that the war, I'm telling you right now that I fully believe no matter what we're being told that when you hear that the CCP, BlackRock and JP Morgan are already in deals to rebuild Ukraine. And we know that it, Zelensky, World Economic Forum, young global leader, gave a speech in 2019. People can look up where he's talking about using ukraine as the example for the digital age the the internet of things for the green new deal basically saying to the world economic forum and the stakeholders of the multinationals and the banks guess what wait if you guys can help us in ukraine and just you know you can have it <laughs> not like we didn't pull a coup in 2014 but what i really do believe is that we need to get together and realize there are people dying both in Ukraine and in Russia and all over the world because of this. And at the end of the day, these people are going to, they're all profiting and um, they already have made deals to rebuild Ukraine after. So who wins here? You know, at the end of the day, what's the real goal? You know, give these people back their countries, negotiate some peace. Let, let's figure out what is really going on. But I honestly believe that the central bank digital currency has a lot to do with hiding crimes. I, I, I've gone back and done a lot of work on what really happened in 2008 when, uh, you know, all the smaller banks and anyone that was uh, decentralized w was allowed to fail. And then the giant banks were too big to fail. And now uh, BlackRock owns everything on the planet and and roams freely in the CCP somehow. And, you know, the Council of Foreign Relations he runs and the ESG score he's dominant. It's just there's too many people at the top that are too obviously involved in what is a a total, I believe, uh, capture of, of our freedom, our liberty, our money, our futures, our all that is good among men. And um, so I personally believe that there's momentum on the side of truth. Um, I've known for a very long time a lot of stuff about January 6th that is finally going to come out. There is so much damage. I've had on uh, six people that have, are out but either pled guilty because they didn't have a choice or uh you know serve time or whatever lost everything all lost everything i, I talked to two people who are in there have not even had a court date so over 700 days it's going to come out the the pandemic is going to come out the election stuff going to come out it didn't start in 2020 it started a long long time before yeah the first patent for a spike protein was a canine spike protein it was in 1991 Right. And then and then also, you know, for these people that the big lie about the election fraud, they've all been fraudulent since they put the machines in. Do you guys remember Gore Bush? I mean, yeah. they actually, it's, Florida. Yeah. And he, if you don't know this guy, Carol Quigley, he, he, oh, yeah. he, right? he says that we haven't had the CFR controlled our election for well over a century. And he wrote that in the 60s. So yeah, and he wrote it and he's on their side. So, yeah, oh yeah, he was enamored with them. He he wrote it as a tell-all, like, bragging about how amazing they are. And they're like, they're secret for a reason. He's like, no, but you're so great, the world needs to know. Right. He, he gave us so much gifts, not such a gift. I tell everyone, it's a giant book, it's well worth your reading if you think that anything I'm saying is false. He tells you, he was also happened to be Bill Clinton's mentor. Yep. And that was how I was first introduced to him, yeah. 
Yeah, and Clinton was a road scholar. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the whole story about everyone is everyone is it's such a it's Zig Brzezinski's game of chess, and we got his daughter up there pretending to be a newscaster on MSNBC. The son runs the Atlantic Council. The other son is the ambassador of Poland, and we're wondering what's going on. Well, it's hello, Kissinger's still alive. Yeah, and, and still calling shots. I know it's amazing. Trump tried to get rid of him, and you know I know that a lot of people how people feel about Trump and the it's. Anyone can feel however they want. All I know is we have a uniparty, and it's rotten to the core. And we, the people of the United States, should agree on two things. Where is our money? And who benefits from any of these wars going all the way back? <laughs> and you're going to, you're going to, and you trace those. You take a little time. Go to influencewatch.org or open the books and you dig in a little. You're going to find it's the same foundations, the same billionaires. Nothing's changed. The only thing is they just keep changing the propaganda and they keep changing the narrative and they keep changing what they're teaching in college and they've already infiltrated the co- it's it's just a playbook over and over but honestly i feel like too many people are awake their 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 internet project backfired on them and um i feel really good about that i mean look you're out there we we met at uh vet at clay's so we mm-hmm. you know, reawakened to everyone out there the whole union are they gonna want it we both know mm-hmm. uh, yep. i was just in dc with a whole different group i went to this big event at turning point people are getting together that's what we got to do more of i want to yeah. come to your event in nashville too we got to keep doing this what they don't want is us to talk to each other because exactly misinformation misinformation fact checking nonsense same billionaires running it then run everything so, totally yeah who, who do you think owns snoops <laughs> all of them all of them yeah. you trace them all i'm telling you it's so funny i do this thing if i hear something nuts like uh like remember when um the migrants went up to um martha's vineyard and they're all freaking out and then like i saw like some group was filing a lawsuit against the people there or whatever and i'm like oh oh really so then i just put in the group soros you know boom boom there he goes, and then look at all of the rest of them, MacArthur, Gates Foundation, Omidar, Arabella, and it's on both sides. I'm not just saying, like, I don't think Soros is the only one. I just think he's the one that most likes to be in the front and get the publicity. Yeah. Of he said that. Man. He said that. He wants to be, you know, I don't think he like, like that role. perennially famous, whether it's infamous or famous, but he wants to be known forever. He said that, yeah. Whereas yeah, some of the other like the serial killers that don't get caught and then they then they give out enough clues that they get caught because they actually do want people to know. Yeah. <laughs> I the true narcissistic psycho psychopaths. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they all um are do you think there are warring factions amongst those, or do you think they're all kind of working colluding? Or do you think that uh ultimately they you know, they just align because they have common enemies or what what are your thoughts on some of that? Well, like Soros, for instance, has talked about, you know, Xi Jinping being the uh, Trump being the enemy. And yeah. So, yeah. Anyone's the enemy of him. That's not going by the plan that they all set up at Bilderberg. <laughs> and, and, you know, where, where do they go? That weird place that they all go in uh, in Northern California. What's that called? Oh, where, yeah. where they burn the uh, burn the, the Abundant grove. Oh, right, right. You know, wherever they go, the islands, many islands, not just Epstein Island, you know, wherever they go, Davos, uh, there, yeah, no, I do think right now that is happening. I think that happened under Trump. I think, uh, I personally believe, in my opinion, uh, that, um, there is a, two factions right now, the ones that are, uh, desperately trying to hold on to the UK. I, I really think a lot goes back to Britain. Uh, I had a great guy on establishment. 
Yeah, I had a great guy on Richard Poe, and he he is a great. Uh, really talks about this. Even Rockefeller Rothschild. Uh, Who's it? Richard Poe, P O E. Okay. He's a great, great. Uh, he's a brilliant guy. Okay. And uh, actually, um, I was on a show with uh, a great girl, Nora Ben Laden. You might know her. Okay. And uh, we were talking, and I said, because I'd been I'd been looking into this, and like I said, I've been like really into history and like digging into it like abnormally. And uh, I said on that show, I said, you know what? I the more I look at it, the more I think that maybe we were told we won the American Revolution, but maybe king and britain didn't think that maybe they just said okay we're gonna go home we're gonna regroup and we're gonna infiltrate and that is what i believe happened here yeah. and and I, I i it's hard for me <laughs> i really have gone to this place over my evolution over the last three years where i i see this five eyes situation there's like yeah. one time kissinger said that he briefed the uh secret police and the mi6 mi5 and and the crown more yeah. than he did anyone in washington dc so I just kind of think that they infiltrated. Well, don't forget that the British intelligence created the OSS, which became the CIA, and, and now right. the NSA, and all of yeah, right. So, like, what are we like, dealing with here? And uh, did we even ever win the Revolutionary War? And I, I, I say to people, like, take out the go look up the twenty-seven grievances of our founders, and think about them right now, because we're in the exact same place, I believe, right now, with exactly, I believe, the same ilk of people if not their dis direct descendants yeah. and uh and the people i think that really really have the power that you know like i'm talking about there is a i believe fully believe there's a trillionaire class you know and and yeah. the oligarchy the the aristocracy as they might call themselves right. and um these bloodline families that never let go and i don't think they want you to know who they are and i i still think they're out there but I truly believe that they don't have the, they need us. They need us to follow. They need us to be brainwashed and, uh, you know, and uh, feudalism doesn't work very well if you don't have your feuds to do the bidding for me. <laughs> exactly. I think they really overplayed their hand with the pandemic. And while they tried to keep us apart and distance and then, you know, pump in their propaganda through the, their controlled media and, you know, their controlled propaganda films and their CIA, FBI film entertainment and all that stuff. I really think that they failed during the pandemic. Uh, and I think that more of us woke up and I think they expected the opposite. Because if you go back and you look at the very beginning, of course, it was Prince Charles that, you know, with my new theory, it was Prince Charles that announced the Great Reset right when the pandemic started. And all the numbers came from the Imperial College, just like all the club of rome another rockefeller not nothing to do with rome or italy no. um came up with all the models and numbers for depopulation and climate change and all their money laundering scams it's of growth and the global reformation right. documents yeah right and again everyone on the planet should be asking who benefits and where is all this money Right. Where is it? Because I have been looking. So I talk a lot about the PNAC document. I don't know if you're familiar with that from yeah. 2000. And this okay. is on either side. So it was the Project for New American Century. And Rumsfeld, Wolfowitz, Cheney, you know, all the people that, that benefited a lot from the war on terror financially. Right. But uh, also, remember right before 9-11, like Rumsfeld was saying, the Pentagon's missing billions. $3 trillion. Dollars. Just we don't know what happened. Yeah. And then the Pentagon just mysteriously was hit and 
We can't find it. Yeah. yeah. And and just forget about it because there's terrorists out there. Okay. Yeah. You know? We need more money, by the way, because we have to go get the terrorists. Right. Uh, and we're going to create have- Department of Homeland Security, even though we're not a homeland and we're going to surveil you. We, we're literally going to create cameras that see everything. And we might put it on the World Wide Web, but don't worry about that. Right. But there are terrorists. So stop it. And sit down. Shut up. We're trying to protect you. And that document that they put out, people should look it up. It's pretty crazy. It looks like it feels like you're you're in it like you're in Star Wars and like Darth Vader wrote it. And it's like it's this whole document about taking over the world. And again, I think that it's not the U I think it's not just the US. I think these people are in a club and the Fourth Reich. And I, I I'm all of them and both sides. I don't think yeah. that they're different. I think at the end of the day, they're all hanging at the Council of Foreign Relation cocktail party. But I'll tell you, um, so you read that document and you kind of think, Oh my god, what happened since this document came out? endless war and endless war a lie that they're going into foreign nations sovereign nations with the okay of the very corrupt which the biggest fraud ever played i think on humanity the united nations going in to protect human rights right because they because you know why because the un and our governments give us our human rights we're not just born with them like oh no they're not and inalienable they, rights at all. Yeah. Right. No, though. That's not They're real. privileges <laughs> that the government gives you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So it's always about human rights and protecting democracy. Of course, most of the places they go into aren't democracies to begin with. I think the biggest crime ever committed was what happened to Gaddafi by our government, in my opinion. I mean, yep. yeah, I agree. Straight up war crime. And uh, all his gold, all his weapons disappeared. And now it's a cesspool of, tra- of trafficking and slavery and it's really sick. It's one of the worst, worst, I think, things that have, our government has ever been it's similar, on. actually. I mean, I think that this is, that was worse, but it's similar kind of to what happened with the KKK, actually, here. Yes, it's absolutely true. And, and yeah, that's totally true. And all this stuff, though, because now, you know, for years I've been talking about, because we're conspiracy theorists, I've been talking about the truth about JFK, the truth about RFK, but the truth about Martin Luther King and, the, and a lot of other people. You know, I, I've looked into a lot of this stuff. And then, you know, um, see, what's happened? All these color revolutions. I believe we're in the middle of a color revolution that yeah. started uh, shortly before Donald Trump won in 2016. And uh, because they, I, I think that they, they really, they were not going to let, let that happen. They were not, <laughs> this was not going to happen. And I believe, like, we're learning. You've talked about the OSS being the precursor to CIA. I just really think that this Five Eyes Nations is right now losing power. And I believe, I do believe, that there's an international coalition of people that are done with the central bank, with the fiat currency, with the with this fraud, with this group of people, with these international bankers, you know, the IMF and how they what they do to nations all over the world with this debt slavery model including our own you know so i just think that um we can find things to unite as humanity all over the world and i think we are and we're seeing who these people are and what their goals are i mean their agenda 2030 is a total it's like luciferian upside down like double speak you know it's really got nothing to do with us the natural asset class taking over all of our resources under the name of some climate emergency then, of course, if anyone caused the climate emergency, it would be them. And then, you know, they're nobody caring. It's real. Yeah. Right. All these climate people are really, really excited for nuclear war. I mean, how do you how do you say both? How are you for both? How are you for endless wars and then pretend that you care about the climate? What's the worst thing for climate if if not nuclear war, let alone war. nuclear war? Right. 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 It doesn't quite it's make it a farce. 
Yeah, that's why I think we win. I, first of all, we wouldn't be talking about this, you know, and they're trying to do that. And second of all, I think people are very, when you look at who the puppet masters are, you're going to find the same people every time. And that's, that's what I say. And uh, anyone that wants to deny that, it's to their own demise. Because honestly, Courtney, I don't even think we're fighting for us. I don't even think we're fighting for our kids. I think we're fighting for our grandkids and our great-grandkids. Because we, we are the last stand. They, if they can enslave us on a massive scale, stop population, enslave us, ensure some kind of Darwinian eugenics program that has a lot to do with mRNA and CRISPR technology and, and eternal life and chips and metaverse. I mean, Hollywood's been predictive programming us for 20 years. People don't understand it, and it's very real. I would suggest Jay Dyer's books to anyone that doesn't yeah. know about it. But, um, you know, I just really think that they failed. I think they overplayed their hand. I think that they got sloppy and lazy. And I think that the architects of this, the, the Rockefellers, the Brzezinski's, the, the, you know, Club of Rome folk, the uh, the Kissinger class house that started the, the Council of Foreign Relations, all these things that, are, that really came out of when Woodrow Wilson, who I believe was also on that team. Um, I was, and he was advised by Tavistock. Yeah. Well, there you go. And that's what you're going to do your new show on and come on my show to talk about that. Because I'd love to, yeah. It's all connected. It's all connected. It's insane, right? It's but absolutely insane. Well, we've been living in the Matrix. And, and here we are. Here we uh, are. I, think that, I think we win. I honestly, I'm a big fan of God. So, you know, I know not everyone is. And, and I don't judge anyone who's not. And I certainly don't want to not talk to or embrace or love anyone under any no. we need a bigger tent not smaller exactly. yeah that's what i keep saying every time i go to any event i'm like gotta invite that group and that group and that group i keep telling Charlie, fight Rock the evil group. stop dividing amongst the good we're but, you know part of whether you believe in god or not i think we can all agree that humans have free will and part of free will is that you have freedom of consciousness so you know i i hope to lead by example i can share my beliefs but I'm not here to force you to believe what I believe, but I think that we should all come together on the side of good and agree that evil needs to be stopped as much as it can be, you know? Yeah, that's why I think we should use the AA, uh, NA model, you know? Yes. I've seen save hundreds of lives in Hollywood, I have to admit. I think it could save millions of lives if we just kind of put together, because in that, you know, they say, because it was started very religious, but as you get, as time's gone on, uh, people say, because a big part of it is like that you believe that alone you can't do it, but with the, your, the help of your higher power and then fellowship, huge part, getting together in person, being around. You know, for anyone that doesn't know, it, it'd be so great if we. I, I can't wait to your event because it sounds like it'll be more bohemian and fun. But um, not that they're not all fun, but it'll be. No, more but that, that's the goal. Actually, the name of the company is fun. It's Freedom Unity Network. So yeah, LLC. Yeah, like artists and like out of the box people and peace people yeah. and all that. And it'll also be people like me and others. And and the truth is, we need more of that, and more of that, because that is a fundamental thing. That and I believe that the lockdown and the not closing the churches and closing the schools and closing the all kinds of uh, getting together was a giant part of pulling off the pandemic. So to me, the more we get together now, the more we open mm -hmm. that, that tent, like you're saying. But at the same time, you know, for, for the recovery thing, now it's a higher power. So whatever you believe in, it, 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 we have to stop doing this. Whatever you believe in, as, you, as long as you believe that what I believe is okay too, and you're going to stay out of it and not tell me what to believe, as long as, you know, I'm following the, 
in my opinion, the Ten Commandments, but certainly like the the golden rule of do unto others and and not breaking laws and stealing and and harming people and you know there's there's a code of conduct among men that is yeah. that is good. Yes, we can agree on that one. But at the same time, we have to realize where we can meet and where we can meet and and agree. And I think that there's multiple things we can agree on who benefits from all these wars going back to World War One. Look at follow the money, find out who benefits. Why is our going even back before then? But yeah, right, right. But I mean, for the people that are fighting this battle now, our age and stuff, you know, yeah, we can go back to a lot if we want but uh i'm talking about also the i really think that this this military like eisenhower the military industrial complex in bed with the bankers has been to the demise of our nation and all nations and uh, i really do hope that um whatever happens next that some serious swamp training happens and that we take back our power locally and state-wise we are a constitutional republic and not a democracy and that's for a reason so I feel um, very, very positive because I just feel like we far outnumber good, far outnumbers evil, and people that want to do right rather than wrong far outnumber those that you know I believe are some kind of death cult that believe that they'll live forever, and the rest of us will have to just you know live in our metaverse, fifteen-minute track and trace surveillance cities. And I just I don't see them. We got to go along with them. I don't see that happening. No, I, I hope not. Well, I knew uh, we are pressed for time. I think we could talk for several more hours and we will definitely do it again. <laughs> but I will let you go. But if you have anything else you want to add, please do. And of course, tell everybody where they can find you, find your show, your work, all that good stuff. Okay, no. Well, thank you for having me. I babbled on and on. So your poor audience. But I have to say that uh, it's been nice because I... I've been like I was at like a conference as, as a journalist though, so I was kind of and you know what there was it was a uh, Republican conservative conference, mm-hmm. but I was there looking for this is a new thing that I, I've been putting out there uh, mm-hmm. American in name only. I don't care about the rhinos anymore. I'm more concerned with the people that are pretending to to be fighting for America. Are we? The I'm people? with you for sure. A little broad. So I was there looking for who's America in name only, and I think I found a few that I'll discuss soon. But at the same time, you know, uh, I'm really grateful and I'm really, I am super excited and that's why I'm babbling on because I'm very, I feel like we we are at a place of transparency coming, of truth coming. I think we've been deceived time and time again from nonsense, this reasons of national security, which is just covering up criminality by our government. I think people are ex- being exposed from the Twitter files, people are being exposed from the January 6th footage. It's going to get way worse on that level. People are being exposed to the pandemic and what really happened there, the money laundering with all the wars. So I, I think it's a great time to be really positive. So uh, I am at themelkshow.com if you want to come visit. I have a great uh, free resource page where you can follow the money. I got lots of links to the NGOs, lots of links to open the books, Influence Watch. I also have all the WikiLeaks there. Um, I have uh, FBI involved. I have a lot of CIAD class. So do a lot of your own research over there. I have people I trust out there because I read a lot of papers, also international papers, because they tend to kind of tell a little more truth, a little more truth than BlackRock's own uh, and and Soros's own uh, media here. And then um, my main hub for my show is Rumble. So if you can go over there, check it out and uh, and subscribe. I'm on everywhere basically except for youtube kicked me off two years ago which is fine which is fine i I feel much better 
not not censoring myself or my guests. And um, yes. on top of that, I am now I have not been reinstated on Twitter, but I am I have reinstated myself, so I'm starting over there. Oh, <laughs> good. Okay, great. I'll yeah. follow you tonight. If I don't already. <laughs> At Mel K Show. So head over there and help me out because I'm starting from zero and so is Courtney. So go there too. And uh, I just started Instagram because I decided that I didn't want to get kicked off and build something and get kicked off. But now I don't care because I feel like we're winning. So <laughs> Instagram and the Mel K Show and uh, Truth Social, Gab Getter, which are, you know, safe spaces for me. And uh, other than that, Courtney, I, I look forward to you coming on my show and talking about your plans for digging into the side of this that is about psychology and psychiatry and all that because it is it is goes hand in hand <laughs> so, and it, i think it's been the tool really to you know uh to socially social engineer the masses okay. and to enslave them yeah and look at what it's doing now it's going wild they they are actually making mental people that would be institutionalized possibly for life are right now tiktok celebrities so oh, we yeah. got we got a real problem going on here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ever seen that? Like the mental patients right now are are the influencers for yeah. real. Oh yeah, it's it's crazy. It's absolute insanity, like literal insanity, and we're witnessing it in real time. Yeah, and we have to pretend that it's normal. That's the last thing I'll say to everyone: stop apologizing, stand in truth, do not back down. That is what they want. There is a group of people that want to destroy this country from within and without. And, and there's way more of us. So don't believe the false narrative or the illusion of choice. Go inside and be who you are and stand in your truth. And don't apologize to anyone for anything when you don't mean it. Because we have to all stop. Yeah, thank you. I'm into that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. And yes, uh, you're going to be at our event. It's going to be June 3rd and 4th. I'm so excited. Super oh, yeah, and I love all the guys that you align with and work with. It's going to be so fun to get to know all them. And and please, everyone, come to my, my channel. I own all kinds of people. I don't care where you come from, who you are. You have something to share, and you love this country, and you love humanity, and you are in this battle for truth and justice and transparency. Please check out the Mel K Show. Thank you so much, Courtney. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.